Hello and welcome to Important Learning, the home for the best stories live at CUNY Logistics University. Navigate with us through the life experience of our students and let yourself be inspired by their challenges and their achievements. Here we go. Creative, brave, persistent, organized, passionate, and of course, sustainable. These are some of the characteristics that define our guests of today, brothers Finn and Lasse Homfeld. They are the creators of Southern Shorts, the first company in Germany that provides truly 100% sustainable yoga mats and accessories. And we are so proud of having these two entrepreneurial minds here with us to tell us about their experience. Hello, Lasse. Thank you. Hi, glad to be here. And Finn, thank you for accompanying us today here. Hi, thanks for having us. Beyond their family bond, their brothers and their professional connection, running together Southern Shores, uh, Finn and Lasse also share another tie. And that is that both of them have passed through the classrooms of KLU. Lasse graduated from his master's in management in 2020. And Finn will be as well throwing his graduation hat in 2023 when he expects to finish his bachelor's in business administration. With this acquired business knowledge and with their passion and their energy, they have embarked in an adventure full of challenges and excitement. To start, I would say I'm very curious about the name of the company. Like why Southern Shores? We're not precisely in the South. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was mostly just brainstorming. We had, I don't know how many names thrown around, like looking at what might work. Um, I mean, from the beginning on, our our goal was to like link yoga and and surfing and like the ocean protection. And we're probably going to talk about later as well. And then Southern Shores just, yeah, sounded good to us, <laughs> I guess. I mean, it's not a... Um, not a like inspiring story about how the name came together and some deeper meaning. It was pretty much just um, yeah thinking about what what fits to the company, what fits the brand, and then just yeah throwing dozens of words around and dozens of names around. We talk about all of that uh, because we're gonna see about uh, the vision and the mission of the company, this sustainability that is behind it. So I'm sure that at the end of the interview, we're going to have a clear idea of like, oh, yeah, totally, that that was fitting. That was the right name to take for it. What makes Southern Shores different to what was already out in the market when you guys decided to start this? Yeah, so at first glance, if you look at a lot of yoga products, um, you might believe or you might think that um, there are already a lot of sustainable options out there. Um, but the biggest problem um, we thought was that most of the sustainable products are really mostly sustainable on paper, but not in, in reality. So there's a lot of greenwashing going on in the yoga industry. And yeah, we pretty much set out to, to do truly sustainable products without any greenwashing. And we looked at existing products, what they say is sustainable about um, the products. And then we just made them more sustainable. So um, one big, big um, problem is that most yoga companies don't use actually sustainable raw materials. They simply say, hey, look, the materials we're using are sustainable because they are natural. 
which is like saying palm oil is natural as uh, uh, sustainable because it's natural right doesn't make a lot of sense so um, we are actually using sustainable and um, certified raw materials and that's sadly uh, one of the um yeah um, factors that set us apart from our competition um, sadly because i mean it also means that a lot of companies are still using unsustainable materials it's good for you because it's a unique selling point but bad for the planet let's say yes, because yes, yeah. probably you're the only ones doing it how did you uh, come up with this opportunity how was this market research and you said like oh there was a there's a gap there like people is not really doing everything 100 sustainable or how did that come Well, um, I think first we thought about going into the sports goods uh, industry um, and afterwards we just brainstormed about uh, which products might make sense. And uh, while we we saw that there was a bubble to be filled um, because as Les already told you, there were many companies claiming to be sustainable but actually weren't sustainable. And yeah, so we, we wanted to change that and wanted to be truly sustainable, not like only with our materials we use, but also with the projects uh, we we are doing um, besides um, selling the products. Mm -hmm. Let's backtrack a little bit though. Let's go to the very, very beginnings because beginnings of an entrepreneurship, I find always very fascinating. There was always uh, you know, a good story, a nice conversation in a cafe or something. How did you decide to start this company? Well, my brothers and I inherited some money when we were younger and we didn't just want to put it in stock options. We wanted to build something ourselves and make other people maybe benefit from the prospective future uh, good impact the company might have. And I think it was Christmas Eve 2017 when I told Lasse that I wanted to build a company within the sports goods industry and... Yeah, well, afterwards, I think uh, we had some conversations, some brainstorming, and uh, we ended up in the uh, yoga mats industry. And yeah, I think that's the story, how it started. First, it was just a stupid idea, but it got pretty serious in the end. And I think we are on a good path. Nobody nobody normally takes seriously what you talk on a Christmas Eve uh, yeah. dinner. <laughs> normally it's just, oh yeah, we should totally buy a bar. We should totally <laughs> do this or that. And then, you know, it kind of stays there. But yeah. for you guys, that was the starting point of a... Yes. Of a real deal. Yes. Um, and you mentioned the, that the investment came from a little uh, inheritance that you guys had, which I would say you took the risk to do that because you could have perfectly, as you said, save uh, the money and make it work for you in other ways. But you said like, gotta do this. I have this money now. I can do something with yeah, it. Yeah. Um, I think all of us um, thought that we're still pretty young. Um I mean, we do still have a lot of years left to, to earn money if that doesn't work out. And uh, so I think if you take risk, it's probably best to take them when still, you're still young. Um, because if it doesn't work out, you still have a lot of time left right, to, to restart again. Um, so I think it was pretty yeah, obvious for us to, to take the risks. And also it was, it, I think we didn't really see it as a risk, as a risk anyway, because I think from the beginning we were pretty sure that that would work um just because the um yeah it was pretty obvious to us that there was a need in in the the market there and 
Um, probably it was a bit naive. We, we didn't write any business like cases, uh, business plans or whatever. Um, so, but it worked out in the end, I guess. <laughs> I think I've heard that many times from different entrepreneurs. Uh, this entrepreneurial mindset of like, yeah, I just went for it and maybe I was stupid, but, you know, it worked out. So there's always this feeling of, I can't do this. And I think it's very beautiful because I completely can uh, feel that there's something that many entrepreneurial mindsets share. So that's, yeah, it's fascinating. Uh, while you guys started a company, while all of this was happening, Lasse, you are uh, studying your master's in management mm -hmm. here at KLU. And of course, that takes a lot of investment of time and, and efforts as well. How did you get to combine your studies with starting a company, which is not just working for a company, but it's starting your own thing? Yeah. How did that work? Um, it was... Um, a lot of hard work, obviously, but also a lot of fun. And I, I think KLU definitely provided a great opportunity to do both um, at the same time. Um, I think the biggest um, difference between like German state universities and KLU probably is that at KLU, you, um, you have a clear schedule, you have clear um, coursework that you have to do by a certain date. And I think if I would have um, started the company while studying at the German State University, probably I would have, I just wouldn't have studied anymore uh, because I didn't have to, because I didn't have a clear class schedule. And I think at KLU, it definitely um, was a lot easier to combine both um, because you had to go to class and you had to do this homework and this coursework. Um, I think that was, was a big bonus point. So it really helped you to manage your time and, yeah. you know, dedicate this time here, this time there. I can do my company stuff yeah. during this afternoon and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I think so. Awesome. Uh, there's one of the biggest challenges I imagine for you guys to start a company is to find, okay, how are we going to do this? Because you're doing a product. It's not just a service or a tech company. Um, you actually have to find materials you have to find manufacturers so how do a couple of young entrepreneurs in germany without any contact probably with that world navigate the difficult systems of finding providers finding manufacturers in the other side of the planet because you guys have your providers uh, in taiwan tell us about this experience how is that moment you click on the computer and say like i'm going to find someone in taiwan <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it was a lot of uh, a lot of nerve wracking, googling and and email writing, and um, really took I don't know how many. Do you remember how many months or years it took to one year? I think before we started. Yeah, probably one year to find the producer we're having now. Um, I mean, we, we talked to dozens and dozens of different manufacturers, um, but the problem was that, um, I mean, we could have started probably within one month or two weeks, um, but then it wouldn't have been possible to do like stuff as sustainable um, as we wanted. Um, and it's a lot harder to actually find sustainable producers and then also to tweak the products with them and to work on the products and to make the products more sustainable. Um, and that takes a lot of time and a lot of Yeah, a lot of nerves. So you said that you were taking almost a year to find the right provider. I imagine during a year, a lot goes on in your brains 
to like, oh, this is not going to work out or we're never going to find what we really need. You said that also it's very difficult to find really sustainable providers. How did you manage mentally that load of, you know, saying, well, am I doing the right choice? Is this still moving forward? Well, I think before we actually had the company, we started looking for suppliers. Um, I think we didn't have the company before we uh, searched for the for the manufacturers. Yeah, at least it wasn't registered yet. Mm -hmm. Yes, and um, while Lasse was still studying, I think at the State University uh, in Munich back then in 2017, 2018, and I will uh, I was still still working, and so the the searching for the manufacturers was pretty much part time. We had our life, but in the evening we were searching for suppliers or manufacturers. So it wasn't that big of a deal because we had our lives. We wanted to start something and it was, it was exciting. And um, so I think it wasn't so, so, so hard to make this in that long of a time. You have all other focuses, so you were yes. not all full into that. Uh, you have uh, your providers now in Taiwan, finally found a trustworthy company. And um, you also contribute somehow to the well-being of the employees who work for your contractor in Taiwan. What are the perks for those families or for those people who work for this contractor? Um, yeah, the good thing is that um, Taiwan already is like a really stable um, democracy with good working conditions. So it's, um, I think sometimes people mistake it for like other Eastern, um, Eastern or Southeastern Asian co uh, countries. Mm. Um, but Taiwan really has pretty good working conditions already. And um, the workers there get like health insurance and um, maternity leave. And um, if they marry, they get like, I don't know how many weeks off and or days off. And um, yeah, I think that's pretty great in Taiwan that it's really already extremely good. And you don't really have to do a lot of own work as a company if you want to produce there, as you would have to do probably if you want to produce in in parts of China or in, in Vietnam or the Philippines, right? Mm -hmm. So you're giving uh, sustainable products, but also a sustainable way of life for all <laughs> these people. I am going to get a little bit into the gossip because I'm sure that many people who might be listening to us are thinking about this. You guys are brothers. So how is it to work in the family, how is it to run a family business? Because, of course, there is a bond beyond your professional side. So how does this bond affect you in the professional side? And how does your professional life affect your family relationship? Uh, yes, that's a good question, actually. I think um, we as brothers didn't really communicate that often. So I think... We told each other about our lives when we were uh, invited to our parents' home uh, to dinner or to breakfast. But uh, a part of that, I think, wasn't that close, I would say. Um, but obviously, when the company started, um, that had to change. Um, we updated us on different projects on a daily basis, on a weekly basis. So nowadays, we are um, closer, I guess, um, at least um, in regards to communication. And I think it is a good thing that we are brothers because we 
we can address things more directly um, as if we were just colleagues. So I think um, it is a good thing that we are a family business and yeah. You don't and have to go on your tippy toes to say like, hey, man, this didn't work. You can yeah. just go and say that. Yeah. Uh, and then there's also a third brother, right? Uh, we didn't talk about him yet. Uh, Hannes, our third brother, is also in the company. Uh, he, he's not with us today because he's living in, in Barcelona. Um, but yeah, so we are three brothers doing this together. Uh, let's talk about that. Let's talk about what Hannes, what Hannes is doing in the company. What is his purpose? And uh, maybe that will reach us to something else. Yes. So um, Finn and me both have like business administration uh, background. Um, Hannes like has a completely different background. He's mostly in or he studied public relations, international relations, politics, um, and is really deep into like um, nonprofit work. Um, and that's one of the um, biggest parts of our company, actually. So we're not only selling the products, um, but we are yeah, uh, we're doing a lot more than just selling the products we are um, producing. Um, so we are using our, our company to protect our oceans and to do beach cleanups, which is what Hannes is doing. Um, and we're really in, um, investing into researching the impact we have into the CO2 emissions the production has, into the CO2 emissions and the harvesting of uh, the raw materials has we're using. And that's a lot of work to do all the research and to not only being satisfied um, with saying, hey, look, we're sustainable, but also to actually research if we're actually sustainable and to look into where we can be more sustainable and what we can improve and, and what the hard, hard figures are. And that's what Hannes is doing. Exactly. So Southern Shore's mission is uh, goes beyond just the sustainability of the yoga mats. You guys are also doing these other projects. Let's talk a little bit about the cleaning the beaches. Like, How does the company uh, get involved into cleaning beaches? I imagine in Barcelona where Hannes is. Um, and how does that project work on a, on a regular basis? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, Hannes together with his um, wife in Barcelona, um, they're doing... And beach cleanups every every single weekend um, with the local community in, in Barcelona. And then we are also doing cleanups in, in Germany. Um, we wanted to do a lot more cleanups in Germany this year, but due to the corona restrictions, uh, we couldn't really do a lot um, because the restrictions were ex- extremely hard in, in Germany um, to do events with dozens of people. Um, but now they are yeah, getting looser again and... So we are doing a lot of cleanups now also in Germany in different different cities together with our local partners, especially like resellers we have, like shops that are selling our products um, at, at Fehmarn, which is like an island in the um, Baltic Sea, and then also in, in Hamburg, in Berlin, in, in Munich, and with our local partners. And that's also something Hannes is, is organizing and, and then also, yeah, doing. So three brothers and all of them committed to the sustainable world. We definitely need more people in this world with this same commitment. So I really, really wish that uh, Southern Shores keeps succeeding, keeps expanding and keeps cleaning beaches so that we can just go and have fun. Uh, But now, guys, I hope that you keep those vibrant brains of yours active because we are going to test them in our rapid fire questions. Oh, okay. <laughs> One more time for this fast speed quiz. We have our fast speed thinker, Lara Bellini. Lara, shoot out. 
Hi, Patricia. Yes, we want to see today how fast these two decision makers can reflect about their KLU experience. So guys, this is a very easy game. Quick questions, one second to respond, and just say the first thing that comes to your mind. And don't worry about overlapping. Just let it out. Are you ready? Yes. U-Bahn, S-Bahn, or bike? Bike. Bike. Individual assignments or group assignments? Group, group assignments. assignments. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Tea. Define your killer you experience in one word. Great. Exciting. The Alsa or the Elbe? Elbe. Elbe. Name a teacher who has inspired you. Himme. Baro. Tell me about your favorite killer you lecture in three words. Let's go. Accounting. Exciting. Interesting. I don't recall the name of the lecture, like the exact <laughs> name, but it was the, the it. business development or startup lecture of Baro. Uh, it was, um, yeah, exciting and uh, inspiring, I guess. Well, I think that definitely was inspiring because then you guys started um, your own business. Thank you so much, guys. And back to you, Patricia. Thank you very much. Thank you, Laura. I really have fun this time with our rapid-fire questions. It's uh, much more complicated when there's two guests, I guess, oh, yeah. at the same time. But it uh, seems like you guys had it very clear. So congratulations. People think more than that <laughs> most of the time. So um, it's time to get going. But uh, we always want to inspire a last thought for everyone who's listening to us. Finn, last, one last question for you both in this sense. I would like to hear... Um, both voices. Um, at times, making sustainable decisions for a company is not the most profitable option. How tempting is for owners to use cheaper materials or more affordable packaging or transportation, etc., uh, that make actually a bad impact on the planet? So from your experience, from Southern Shore's experience and business, what would you tell to all those decision makers. You want to start? Yeah, sure. Um, I think what you hear a lot of times is that um, you can earn like money with sustainable um, business uh, businesses. But I think what's actually true is that you can earn a lot of money with uh, greenwashing. Um, and that's something we're not doing. Uh, and that's pretty hard at times. Uh, of course, it's a lot of a lot, um, really tempting at times to... Um, yeah, just switch out materials that consumers don't really think about, maybe. But um, yeah, our, our business is about doing things that people are not thinking about because we're thinking about it. So we're trying to get the thinking out of the game and to just do everything sustainable and not leaving like something unsustainable left. And that's pretty costly um, because there are a lot of things that you can't really put a price premium on because people just don't care about it, even though it's important. Um, but if people don't care about it, you also can't put a price premium on the product because you're doing it. And that probably slims your margins a bit at times. And yeah. What would you say to this entrepreneur, Finn? Yeah, so, well, our planet has limited resources. So I think we cannot afford to do unsustainable business And I think with Southern Shores, we showed that uh, on the one hand, we are profitable, but having a good impact. So so I think um, businesses have to remind themselves of which materials they use and what they are doing a part of 
like only production and um, there are so many things you can do as a company um, to have a better impact on the world and being as close as possible being CO2 neutral. That's great. So I'm going to keep with those words that we don't have time anymore in this planet to not go sustainable. Um, and definitely Southern Shores take a lot of accountability on that and uh, really makes an impact and really makes this world go better. Thank you so much, Finn. Thank you so much, Lasse, for being here today with us and for sharing your experience as entrepreneurs, as students and as a people of the world, I would say. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. And with this, we close our interview today. We'll hear more amazing stories in our next episode of Important Learning, KLU Stories. Until then, receive a warm greeting from who has been on this side of the waves, Christopher Estegar in the technical side, Laura Rellini in the production and on the mic, and I'm Patricia Benada. Take care and keep your crane moving. Cheers. Discover Kuna Logistics University in Hamburg, Germany. Learn more about their offered business and supply chain management study programs at the-klu.org.